You are listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. And welcome to this edition of Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. I am your host, Richard Franzi. We have a great show planned for you today. I'm glad you're listening to us, maybe live here on octalkradio.net or through our Facebook page, watching us stream on Facebook Live. This is podcast episode number 1,124. From inception to a closed transaction, everything is hands-on at SoCal Business Brokers. Not only do they offer several different services, but they also help bring peace of mind during to what I'm sure is a stressful time to their clients and keep them as their sole focus. That's why Barry and Tyler Evans are here to join us to tell us more about their firms. Gentlemen, welcome to Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Okay, well, that's a rousing start. Why don't we jump right into it? And Barry, why don't you share with our audience of business owners and CEOs, what do you and Tyler do at SoCal Business Brokers? First of all, Tyler's my son, and uh, we're the, the tag team, if you will, from uh, beginning of a relationship to a closed transaction. Most of our clients are people who have built a business and accrued an equity in the business, and it's an important uh, portion of their net worth. They come to us, I think, initially uh, wanting to understand the value of their business and then also the process by which they can create that built-in equity into cold, hard cash. Right. And so that's our job, valuation, et cetera, on the outset. Then also trying to determine the ideal transaction that would be of the greatest benefit to them. It's been my experience, Barry, that uh, many times the privately held companies, the business owners, the company represents a significant percentage of their total net worth. Sort of like if they were going to invest on anybody, they keep reinvesting in their business, maybe sometimes more than having a diversified portfolio. So the valuation for their business and a successful exit is really important to their second phase of their life, maybe their retirement or what they plan to do after they sell their business. Is that your experience? Absolutely correct. And I I think there's a preconception on behalf of many people when they think about going to market, and that is that the price is the ultimate objective. (laughs) Right. It's part of the overall picture. As an example, a tax structuring can be critically important. Two transactions, both worth a million dollars. One is sold with a certain tax structuring. After taxes, you're lucky to end up with 800,000. Poor tax structuring, you'd be lucky if you have less than half a million left over. So also how you get paid, when you get paid, what uh, contingent risks you have, these are all parts of putting together that great, sound, safe transition. Right. And it's not something that business owners do frequently, so trying to do it themselves is probably not a good idea. And working with a group of professionals such as your firm is probably a wise decision, I would think, for them to make. Tyler, how long have you been in this space? I've been in this space for just over three years now. I graduated from college and day after graduation, moved back home and started learning the family business. So uh, just over three years. Did you intend to join the family business when you left and went to Harvard or... I don't think uh, initially, okay. but as I thought about it more, uh, you know, what better way to uh, earn a living, spend time with family, and, uh, you know, kind of carry on the legacy. Okay, Barry, how long have you been in this industry then? It's a little over 28 years. And how did you get into it? 
Uh, actually, I was looking to buy a business. I had retired <laughs> a couple of times and flunked retirement. Right. So looking for a business, uh, a little disappointed with the folks that I spoke to in that process, and saw an opportunity that, uh, boy, that would be something I'd thoroughly enjoy. Okay. So um, what type of businesses do you normally represent and work with? Excellent question, and uh, it's kind of broad-based, manufacturing, service, distribution, e-commerce, and high-tech businesses are the primary focus. Geographically, most of them are in Southern California, but over the last umpteen years, we've handled transactions in 15 other states because we tend to get referred. Also, another way of looking at it is uh, from the standpoint of the size of the businesses. Uh, small transactions, market value around a half a million. The most expensive business we've taken to market was $27 million. Okay. But that $1 to $10 million, uh, uh, market value range is kind of our sweet spot. So help my audience to understand a little bit more about when you say valuation. What are you helping your clients to do to figure out what is the right price because i assume we're talking about you representing on the seller's side of the transaction is that is that common you're on the seller side absolutely that's all we do is seller representation not buyer and seller all right and as far as the valuation is concerned 99 percent of the time it is driven by the established earning power of the business now many people will say well gee i've got a great business got a tremendous potential you ought to pay me 10 times what it's worth sounds reasonable Uh, that's right. Uh, however, buyers are smart enough to not want to pay for uh, an end objective that they are going to have to create with their blood, sweat, tears, capital, etc. Right. So earning power, which is best expressed as EBITDA, which is earnings before interest, depreciation, amort- uh, depreciation and amortization, uh-huh. and uh, established over a period of time. What period of time? Generally speaking, I'd say a three-year period of time. Okay. Longer okay better right right absolutely okay so uh tyler with your uh time in the position and working here with your father in this company what are you seeing from companies that want to sell is it is it the baby boomers who are ready to retire and get out of the business or is it a combination i mean what what are you seeing who are you seeing coming to your brand to sell their businesses uh, it really is the older generation. Uh, unfortunately, hey, be careful now. No. I said baby boomers. I didn't say older generation. That's, right. that's a traditional. I mean, that, that's a whole other group, dude. It's uh, it's unfortunate to see. Uh, occasionally, the baby boomer generation will grow a business, uh, be looking to retire, and their children don't want anything to have to do with the business. Unlike this situation with you and your father. Correct. Yep. And so, I uh, what we do is. Uh, we sort of step in as the plan B and get them into their next stage of retirement where they may not have somebody to pass the business on to. Right. And generally speaking, we have about two minutes until our first very short commercial break. Um, How long should a business owner start planning to sell their business? How much in advance of the transaction date should they actually begin the process of saying, i got to sell this thing? They ought to start that before they start the business. Uh, And I say that uh, not facetiously, but there are certain businesses that are very, very difficult to sell. If you're going to dedicate 10, 20 years of your life, do you really want to get into that tunnel uh, without an exit? As opposed to other businesses that are more attractive, more marketable, and also, in my opinion, easier to grow Mm. and less 
less cyclical because uh, chances are it'll end out end up better on that okay. path. Well, I see here in my notes uh, that you guys do not handle restaurants nor bars, and can you tell us a little bit why that's not an area where you focus? Uh, there are some issues with that industry, uh, one of which is the licensing. Uh, transferring your liquor license is surprisingly difficult. If you lose it and you're a bar, you have to shut down. You don't have a source of revenue anymore. And so right. that's a very big financial risk and a, a key component of those transactions that uh, most buyers that we deal with just aren't willing to take that risk. Interesting. So that that maybe is one of the businesses you wouldn't necessarily recommend people go into if they have an exit strategy in mind later on down the line. Correct. And not only that, but the mortality rate in the restaurants and uh, bars and taverns is exceedingly high. Right. I don't know the statistics, but something like 70% of them don't last more than 24 months wow. on the startup end. Yeah. So, so it's a risk evaluation versus reward. Right. And I would think even even if you have an established restaurant or bar, if a new owner comes in, boy, the customers can be fickle too. You know, they, sure. they, part of that brand is the individual owner many times, and it's the sort of the culture that they built. So that could be a dangerous thing as well. Absolutely. There's another issue too. Uh, many of those are businesses that involve a lot of cash. Yes. It doesn't all go through the uh, accounting system. So ah. now you're playing fun and games. and uh, uh, Something it, goes into the bartender's pocket, I hear, I, <laughs> for my I, friends who own restaurants. It, like, it happens frequently. <laughs> right? Okay, well, my engineer is telling me it is time for us to take a very short break. Our loyal listeners know this is like 30 seconds. We're going to run just one quick commercial. And um, when we come back, I'd like to talk to you about how you get clients. You talked about referrals, but maybe we can talk a little bit more about your business development aspects, as well as some other questions that I have prepared for you here today on Critical Mass Radio Show. Sound good? Terrific. All right, don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back after this word from me. Best-selling author Richard Franzi's written what Marshall Goldsmith has called an incredibly poignant foray into the realm of unintended consequences of executives' decisions. In Killing Cats Leads to Rats, Mitigating the Unintended Consequences of Business Decisions, Richard Franzi takes a close look at the impact of unintended consequences on business performance and employee engagement. Through the retelling of the experiences of executives at Pepsi, Wells Fargo, Kodak, Volkswagen, and many others, Richard paints a compelling real-world account for how executives leading firms of all sizes must do a better job of anticipating and controlling the outcomes of their strategic business decisions. Killing Cats Leads to Rats is available through major bookstores in paperback, Kindle, and audiobook formats. To learn more, visit www.richardfranzi.com. Told you that would be quick. This is uh, Critical Mass Radio Show and Podcast, and I am your host, Richard Franzi. All of our shows can be heard anytime, ladies and gentlemen, on iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker.com, hundreds of former guest websites whose CEOs have put our show on their website. Since we started this program in 2009, we've reached hundreds of thousands of listeners through the live stream on octalkradio.net, our podcast, and the other platforms. Simply type... 
Critical Mass Radio Show into your favorite podcasting software to receive our weekly shows with great guests like Tyler and Barry. Before the break, I said I was going to ask you a little bit about how you find clients. And Barry, maybe you could take a stab at that. How, how do you find clients in this Certainly. Space? Over the years, I'd say roughly 40% of all of our new clients are people that uh, uh, have been referred to us by existing clients or the attorneys or the CPAs that we interface with uh-huh. getting transactions closed. Uh, another major aspect are folks who visit our website, which is primarily an informational website rather than a sales uh, tool, and they learn a lot that uh, they need to know before they approach the sale of the business. They then knock on our door, and I'd say perhaps the most gratifying type of new client is a client that used to be a buyer and uh, interfaced with us when they bought a business through us, and they came to appreciate the fact that we genuinely care about win-win transactions mm. as opposed to trying to cram the highest price down someone's throat, etc. Got it. So in your experience, and, and let's talk about today's markets, and for those of you that are listening to us a podcast in the future, this is the summer of 2018, but what's the, how long does it take today in this market to sell a business? I can tell you that uh, historically over the last 28 years that while there are exceptions such as when uh, uh, September 11th comes around or Lehman Brothers goes broke, it creates waves, but we take uh, roughly 9 out of 10 of all the business that we take to market and they're closed transactions within a 4 to 6 month time period. That quickly. Well, uh, there are some miracles shorter than that, but uh, that's a pretty accurate range. Having some of my clients have gone through the selling process, the due diligence that's required, and the negotiations many times it goes back and forth four to six months sounds like a a a really compressed time frame a good time frame for them to be able to stay engaged in the process because while they're selling their business they're still having to run their business right that's right and i think that's part of the value that we add is uh we're sort of masters of the process uh i know barry has closed over 500 transactions and so you learn a lot in that time period and you know what to look for you can smell smoke before the fire starts and uh, you know, you can make sure everything goes smoothly. So I think that it kind of gets to why we're able to keep it in that time period. Yeah, and there's no uh, no substitute for experience. So the fact that the two of you are partnering together in this business is probably really valuable, I would think, for your clients who get the benefit of both of your expertise and, and background. Um, I, I have to imagine, because I'm a trusted advisor of my clients, I see a lot of their confidential information, financials, etc. You guys must have to deal with confidentiality as well. Can, can you talk a little bit about that, Tyler? We do, and the number one issue that we try to avoid, uh, and it's an issue that comes from a a caring place, is the owner of a business wants to tell their employees, hey guys, you know, I'd, I'd like to retire at some point, uh, I'm going to sell my business. But the issue with that is that just puts a whole bunch of question marks in their employee's head. And maybe they talk to one of the vendors, and the vendor says, oh, I'm not comfortable supplying these people anymore. And, <laughs> and so it just leads down this trail of uh, where you, your business is valued at a high number. It, it just slowly starts to deteriorate. And so oh. actually the best thing you can do is uh, not tell your employees until the day uh, of the transaction once it's already closed. And, and that meeting is... Uh, Hey guys, you know I I'm sure you've noticed uh, I've been getting a little bit older, a little bit slower, and I've 
brought somebody in to really take over this business, grow it, and uh, don't worry, you'll all be in great hands. I'm going to be around, and uh, you know, I'm, we'd like to take you out to lunch, make sure the transition is very smooth. And so that works very well in our experience, and uh, I think the new owner definitely appreciates that. The employees stick around. Uh, and so that's one of the main confidentiality issues that we try to avoid having come up. Interesting. Um, so, Barry, is it your experience that the 500 and some businesses, is that right, Tyler, mm-hmm. that, that you've sold over the years, is it a selling from a from an old business owner to another business owner who wants to take that? Is it a selling of a business owner to a strategic investor who you know, wants to grow the thing or put it inside of an existing business? W- what kind of transactions are you seeing and have you dealt with over the years? Well, they're all unique, and they all have a life of their own as we go to market. Uh, out of the approaching 500 transactions that I've been involved with, there have been fewer than 10 where there has been a public company okay. involved in making the acquisition because their shopping list starts at about $15 million okay. and above that. That's fair. Uh, below that, our search on behalf of a client is to find the most strategic buyer who will pay the greatest amount for that business. Mm-hmm. In some cases, it's a competitor. In other cases, it's someone within the industry outside of that market area who wants to get into that market area or it might be someone who would be brand new to the industry mm-hmm. but uh, we like to use a rifle in the search as opposed to a shotgun okay in part because of confidentiality True. and also uh, if we can target people that are strategically the best fit it tends to end very well. And what happens, I know you're on the sell side of it, but what happens if the buyer needs financing? Do you guys, in your, do you get involved in that, or how, how do you handle that in a transaction? Uh, we do. Uh, we, as part of the valuation process and putting together a package, we'll get the business pre-approved uh, with a couple of banks that we routinely work with. Uh, The SBA, the Small Business Administration, is really the only game in town with buying uh, small businesses. Uh And so uh, we'll go get a uh, written pre-approval based on the transaction that we envision. And it essentially says, this business looks great. This price looks good. Go find us a you know competent buyer with the right background, and we'll be happy to do the deal. Is that is that common in your space? Because that sounds like that's really fantastic from a buyer's perspective to have have a bank already qualified to fund the loan, assuming the buyer is credit worthy. Is an I, awesome I, service. I would say that most probably over eighty percent of our transactions involve F- SBA financing. Uh huh. And it's, as Tyler says, it's the only game in town from the standpoint of those types of transactions. As an example, we can finance a business uh, with only 10 or 15 percent down. Mm. The SBA will finance the balance. Why do uh, those banks make those loans? Because the government guarantees 75 percent of them as far as the loss. That's great. Two quick questions with the time that we have left. Um, Barry? When is the best time to sell a business from your perspective? Uh, I really think that it's a personal lifestyle decision. However, if it's raining, you don't want to go walking in the park. Okay, so okay. if the business is bad, the economy's in uh, downtrend, stock market's down, most probably not a good time. Okay. However, uh, all factors being equal, if you're tired and you're worn, war- weary from the standpoint of not putting in the energy into the business, the 
you have been in the past. It shows in the results. That's when you ought to start seriously thinking about it. Okay. And uh, here in the summer of 2018, everything seems to be strong. The economy's good. So, I mean, some of those factors you said that are helping to make a decision to sell are certainly in effect right now. Interest rates are very positive and Absolutely. low. and. Okay, so this you guys should be busy. You guys are probably very busy this summer here. Sure are. He needs the extra hands to help, right? Yeah, that's Tyler? right. That's uh, right. Last question. Well, next to last question. How do you go about valuing a business? This is an area that I think can be very emotional for a business owner who's poured her heart and soul into the business. Uh, how do you how do you approach that sensitive subject, Tyler? Well, we try to take the most. Uh, objective view possible. Uh, like you said, somebody that started a business, run it every day and grown it, and they're going to see a whole bunch of value where uh, maybe somebody else won't or it doesn't show in their tax returns or profit and loss. So uh, what we do is uh, we work off the tax returns. That's sort of the gold standard. Okay. Uh, and go through a pot process of recasting, uh, looking for uh, what we call owner's perks. Maybe there's a couple personal expenses that are run through the business. Yeah, just a couple. Just a yeah. couple. Uh, interest gets added back. Uh, we're looking for that bottom line EBITDA number. Right. And so uh, we will then use that to determine what the correct return on investment is. To you know, we're we're looking at the industry, the business characteristics, uh, potential future growth. The trends, you know, it's a very all-encompassing number that we seek to come up with. And uh, a word of caution, you can go out and find firms that will charge you $15,000, $25,000 to do a valuation. Okay. They'll give you a 75-page packet. It doesn't really tell you very much. So you have to be very careful when you're going out uh, of who you're paying because if you're paying them a bunch of money, they're probably going to tell you what you want to hear. Okay. And so part of what we do is we do a valuation up front, no costs, no obligation. Uh, you know, we tell you the truth, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And a lot of times it doesn't meet our clients' expectations. Right. And we give them a few pointers, maybe change this, change this. And then two years, three years down the road, we'll hear back from them and Okay. Say, hey, well, you guys are right. Uh, let's let's do another value, valuation and see where we are. Well, that's a really valuable service. If you can help them to spend a couple of years in increasing the market value of their business, that's that's worth the conversation in and of itself, right? Mm -hmm. Maybe they decide to hold off because they want to wait for a little higher valuation. Uh, that's interesting what, what you said as well about um, finding people who tell you what you want to hear versus what you need to hear because the marketplace is going to tell you what your business is worth, right? It's sort of like... Although this is a much more sophisticated transaction, selling your house. I mean, the, the, your agent needs to tell you what's the price the market will bear based on the comps that are there. That's an easier thing to find because you can look that up. You guys have a lot more work to do to find comps that are truly comparable sales, right? That's right. And the industry may have an impact on its valuation. I, I would just add a footnote. There are very few comps in the market range because none of them get recorded anywhere. Oh. Uh, however, we bring, I think, a distinct advantage to that valuation process because as a family, we own and operate a total of five different businesses. And we have that day-to-day -day insight into management, the problems, the tasks, etc. Uh, those businesses in 2016, we sold the big ones that so were no longer at that 2016 $50 million peak in revenue wow. that we had. So we can see both sides of the coin, and that's a major advantage when it comes to valuation. Oh, I think that's huge that a business owner is talking to another business owner who owns businesses beyond the brokerage business that you're there to represent. That is 
kind of kindred spirits then too, huh? So, so you have three other businesses. Did I do the math right? You have three other businesses in a, in addition to your broker business. Uh, that is correct. Four other businesses actually. Okay, you have four other businesses. Yes. For a total of five. Correct. Wow, you guys are busy. Well, we have a great team of people who run them, and so we provide strategic advice, okay. guidance, and capital funding when needed. Okay. So if someone would like to learn specifically about this business, SoCal Business Brokers, how do they find you online? SoCalBusinessBrokers.com. It's S-O-C-A-L BusinessBrokers.com. There's a couple of great videos up on the website. Purely informational. I'm not trying to sell you anything or anything like that. Right. Um, so take some time on the website. You can you can really learn a lot. So and it sounds like from your service model that you're willing to take a phone call or an email to just kind of help give advice to a client who maybe isn't ready as a business owner today to sell, but based on the information they've learned from your website and maybe from this interview, they just have some unanswered questions about the process. You guys are open to that, right? Absolutely. And our, our fundamental philosophy is we run the business to so that we can provide a service to our clients that we would want if we were the client. Got it. Well, it's been a great pleasure. I want to thank you both for coming in and spending some time. Tyler, it was great meeting you. Barry, it was good meeting you. Thank you for your time here on Critical Mass Radio Show. Welcome to the community, and, and thanks for sharing a bit of what you know. Thank you for having us. Thank you. It's been Greatly appreciate it. And I'd also like to thank our engineer for today, none other than Paul Roberts, our producers without whom we could not do this show, Joan Park, Crystal Nunley, and Haley Stern. If you would like to connect with me, I think the best way to do that is on LinkedIn. I'm Richard Franzi, F-R-A-N-Z-I. And until our next show, I hope all of your business decisions will move your company in a positive direction. You have been listening to Critical Mass Radio Show Business Talk Show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies. With your host, Richard Franzi, 